You're listening to the Coach T Podcast hosted by my dad. Welcome to the postseason edition of Coach T's Podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. As a competitor, the postseason was by far my favorite part of the season. It's all about surviving and advancing. Whereas the regular season to me is always about building, correcting, getting better, conditioning, all that. When you get to the postseason, you're really fine-tuning a lot of things. You should be in the best shape of your life. And realistically, you're not going to learn a lot in that three to four week span. Video watching is important. Finding match tendencies about your opponents, things like that. For me as a competitor, I like going to the different schools and working out with the different athletes that I would not normally work out with during the regular season. Or getting different perspectives from different coaches that was always helpful too. It's kind of like the parent rule. You hear your uncle tell you something that your parents have been telling you for who knows how long, and now you're finally listening to him. As a coach, I guess looking at it from an assistant coach standpoint, my goal was always to mentally get our athletes ready. And primarily the athletes that I worked out with, the bigger wrestlers, you know, fine-tuning their positioning, getting them to score more on the edge, which to me is critical in the postseason. Matches are won and lost on the edge of the mat, whether it's defending off a great leg attack or finishing a leg attack. Also, the postseason is won by winning the amount of scrambles. When you get into these positions, especially now, it seems like every time a person an athlete gets in on a single or double leg, it's always coming into some sort of funk role, and you have to be able to maneuver to score. So it's very important. Districts, you have that additional match, uh, at least in the state of Michigan, where that first round is single elimination to get you to the round of eight. Once you get to the round of eight, which is the district's quarterfinals, you have to win two before you lose two matches in order to advance to the regional round. Now, when you get to that point and you've placed top four, now you go to the regionals, and depending on where you're placed at, if you're the district champ, you take on the fourth placer from the other district, second place to third place from the other district, etc., And for me, I try to coach my guys to not look at where a guy is seated. Now, we all know there are those athletes that are just incredible, phenomenal savants. We all know who they are. Your your Metcalfs, your Simmons, your Massas. Um, Those are the kind of guys where everything has to go right for you and a little bit wrong for them in order for you to have a chance to beat them because they don't beat themselves. They don't put themselves in bad position. They're always on the attack. They're always putting pressure on you, and you really got to find a weakness in their armor in all three positions. But for the most part, the other guys or the other competitors, so to speak, you just got to wrestle your best. 
And you have to be willing to give everything you have. And you can't be caught up in what is going on in the match. you got to wrestle through your moments. You have to be cognizant of the score. As a coach, I'm always yelling to my athletes how much time is left. One minute left, 30 seconds left, or what the score is. Hey, you're up by two, solid position, or you're down by two, get to your attacks. Move around, you got this. Always constantly giving my athletes positive feedback and giving them the information they need in order to to win. You get past the regionals, you place top four, now you're onto the states, and then it gets even more uh, unique. When I was wrestling almost 20 years ago at the state tournament, their formula was pretty, pretty simple. You know, the first place in this region goes against the fourth place guy from this regional. About four or five years ago, they modified the individual state tournament where they seed the top four wrestlers and then still use the seeding criteria to place in the second through fourth place from all the other regions. For example, their goal is to separate the top four wrestlers, but still keep the uniqueness of the random of the pre-planned seeding. So in essence, the top-seeded wrestler is going to have the fourth-seeded wrestler if they both advance to the semifinals. The second-place wrestler is going to, ha- or second-seeded wrestler is going to have the third-seeded wrestler if they both advance to the semifinals. And for the most part, it has helped, in my opinion, the MHSAA have even better quarter or better quarterfinal and semifinal matches, where people don't feel like they're watching this potential state finals preview in the quarterfinals or semis. You're still getting those great matches. I try to get my athletes to focus on what they can control. So when you're at the state meet, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of energy, and it's all good energy. And I would recommend for all athletes to travel in the off-season, wrestle on a couple of dual teams or make a national team, go out to Fargo, and get that experience. For me, it was probably the most helpful. I got to wrestle at the Fargo Dome as a part of the Cadet Team Michigan for Freestyle and Greco and be able to wrestle on the elevated stage. And, you know, the Fargo Dome's massive. So come two years later when I made it to the state finals at the Palace of Auburn Hills, I was not overwhelmed by being in that arena. To me, it was just another tournament. When you get to the state tournament, win two before you lose two, and have the belief in yourself that you can overcome. Big thing, persevere through adversity. I've seen athletes come through immense odds to win matches at the state tournament. Um, One example would be Chris Shaner, our uh, 2015 state champion from Basie Western. In football, in September, he broke his leg, and we didn't think he was going to wrestle that year. Um, This was his junior year in uh, 2014, that he was going to wrestle with a broken leg. And this kid was bound and determined. He's on crutches. He's winning sprints. He's winning the pull-up contest. He starts to slowly work himself back in to the fact, to, to the point where we get to the last week of the regular season, conference week. We're like, all right, we're going to see what you can do. And Chris ended up 
wrestling extremely well. Takes first in our conference, beats a returning runner-up from Davison. And then at the districts, he loses to a familiar foe, Alec Ward of Greenville. Another tough match. He wrestles Zach Hall in the regional semifinals, loses a tough match to him too, ends up taking third at the regionals. And then at the state meet, he loses in triple overtime to Alec Ward from Greenville, a kid that he had wrestled six times up to that point. And one of the best matches I've ever witnessed in my life. He ends up taking fourth in the state with a broken leg. He didn't let that detour him from his goal of, of, of placing and trying to ultimately be a state champion, which he was able to accomplish as a senior. My next story is Jacob Allery. Uh, Jake was a took eighth place his junior year with a litany of injuries. He had a broken hand, uh, a bum knee that would go out on him, uh, cracked ribs, you name it. This guy was like a walking mash unit. He put it all together, was runner-up at the district, then took third at the regional, and then ended up taking eighth in the state. And that adversity that he faced as a junior made him mentally tougher and mentally stronger to where he got to his senior year, he made it all the way to the state finals, losing to a tough uh, Josh Colgrove of Lowell, who was a two-time state champion and a three-time state placer. Why do I tell you these stories? Because in the end, no matter your injuries, no matter the illness, you got to go out there and you got to compete to the best of your ability. Your opponent doesn't care how you feel because they want the same thing you want, and they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that they achieve their goal. And it's up to you to compete to the best of your ability. And you want to be able to walk off the mat knowing that you gave everything you had and that you have nothing to be ashamed of. Never walk away with regret. Always remember, you gave it everything you had and whatever happens, happens. One of my coaching buddies told me about his time coaching at a, a pretty powerful program on the West Side where they talked about surrendering the outcome. Like you've put all this work in through practice, lifting, wrestling, etc. When it comes time for the match, you have to surrender the outcome. One person's going to win, one person's going to lose. The one thing you can control is how hard you compete, how bad that you want it, so that you hopefully will come out on the winning end. But when you surrender the outcome, it takes all the pressure off. It makes you realize, you know what? I'm literally a kid playing a kid's game. Last but not least about the postseason. Every coach is vital to your success. And what do I mean by that? Every coach that you encounter during the postseason, whether it's your personal coaches on your team or your coaches that are year-round through the process of going to the different schools to practice, each coach is going to give you a little nugget of wisdom. One of those coaches for me was Coach Rashad at Lansing Sexton. He was the one that kind of helped me with my writing techniques. And when we would go to these different practices, he'd be like, hey, Zeke, which is my nickname, hey, you got that two-on-one, bump him down, and we just worked on that. And that was really key for me, um, listening to him and, and getting that advice. Or Tom Muir, 
giving me motivation and, and really keeping my head on straight. Ron Becker from Lansing Sexton. Um, so many different guys. Coach Yurk showing me a um, kind of a tilting situation to hold a guy down and score points. So throughout that, I just kept acquiring knowledge. Don Beam teaching me how to do a proper front headlock, which I ended up using multiple times at the state finals. So every coach can help you. And feel free to take that advice. Feel free to listen to them. Larry Powell, another one that was very helpful to me. One of my best ones, and I talk about Chris and Jake in this instance that you know, both these kids were more accomplished than me as multi-all-staters and multi-state qualifiers where they're still asking me questions even before the state tournament. And you know that they're good enough that they're going to make it, um, they're going to make it far. And, and that's the beauty of it. So every coach is important. And I know I said last but not least, but really last but not least, sleep well, eat right. Make weight. That's your first opponent. You gotta you gotta make the weight. Now hopefully you've been managing your weight throughout the year. You're not really too heavy when you're coming down. You feel great when you make weight. And practice positive visualization. See yourself getting that takedown. See yourself denying that guy his takedown. See yourself with your hand raised at the end. So that's all I have for you today. Postseason is here. Enjoy it. For some of you, it is your last ride. And for some of you, it's your first ride. Don't take it for granted. Moments are what life is made of and make the most of yours. This is Coach T. Good luck to all the competitors. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.